We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, hour two officially underway here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR, our condensed 12 to 2 Sports Talk Saturday today. And joining me on the Wester Hotline to talk about all of these Dolphins moves that have happened over the last couple of days since the start of free agency, uh, start of free agency I should say, is ESPN's Marcel Louis Jacques. So, Marcel, first and foremost, um, I'm sure there is going to be listeners, much like there are Twitter people, you know, of, of Bills fans that will do what they can to minimize the move or the trade of, Desha- of, uh, of Tyreek Hill. Overall, like, just, just kind of give me your, like, you've got your, you've got your finger in the water. How warm is it right now in Miami in terms of what their fans believe is a move that could really move the Miami Dolphins into a more contending position, obviously contingent on the quarterback, but what do you get to feel in Miami is that, that the fan base is sort of uh, vibing out on after this move? Uh, I mean, money talks, right? And at this point, the Dolphins have sold more season tickets than they did last season. So if that tells you how excited people are for this team, then, or that doesn't tell you how excited people are for this team, then I don't know what, what does. Um, I think that, you know, there's a level of reasonable optimism, rational optimism. Uh, I think they can reasonably say that this is probably the best collection of skill players that the team's had since maybe Dan Marino left, since maybe, Chris Chambers and Ricky Williams were 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 rocking Dawson's kids, uh, and they're they're not wrong. I mean, on paper, this is this is spectacular. Like this is, it, it's it's almost like wow. I, I from somebody who had to watch, you know, at one point, no Devontae Parker, no Jalen Waddle, and Malcolm Brown running the ball. I'm like wow. I can't believe I get to watch this next year. This is awesome. <laughs> like from like a purely professional. Standpoint. Sure. I was like, this is, man, like, I really, uh, we really came up. Uh, you know, you do have some people who are maybe going overboard, like, oh, this is it. We're the AFC champs now. Sure. Oh, we're going to get to a Super Bowl. Oh, da da da. But I think the overwhelming belief is just that, like, wow, yeah, this makes us 
this this makes us better. Like from a fan's perspective, they're saying this makes us better. And uh, also, there's the Tua conversation that they're saying about. I can't wait for people to finally see how good Tua is now that he's got a real supporting cast. And uh, you know, I don't necessarily think that's that's so outlandish of a take, but it, it's been pretty. You know, it, it has been pretty mellow here. It's it's been pretty level-headed here, from what I can tell. So before I kind of, because I also want to get your take on the Chiefs' angle of this whole thing. This thing happened really quickly, Marcel. Like, I, was it was it Monday where it was like, well, you know, the Chiefs uh, have given Tyreek Hill permission to seek a trade, and I was like, whoa, like. All right, wasn't it a week before then where there was talks about the the Chiefs and him coming to an agreement on a contract extension? And if you were to check my Twitter feed, you would uh, in my mentions Chiefs fans just telling me about all this cap space that the Kansas City Chiefs were going to create by you know uh, restructuring Pat Mahomes, cutting Frank Clark, and uh, and and you know re-signing Tyree Kill, and all of this magical cap space was going to open up for them. And you know none of that happened for Kansas City, and they end up trading Tyree Kill. And how quickly? this all went down like did, did you get the sense that like the Dolphins knew this was coming was there an inkling was this coming or did this really all kind of come together in like a 24-hour span yeah I mean it, it came together really fast um these the talks have been kind of moderate for maybe a week or so uh basically after uh Devontae Adams was traded and signed that kind of market setting contract uh Drew Rosenhaus who you know kind of on brand gave an impromptu press conference after Tyreek Hill's press conference Thursday. But uh, he said that he reached out to, to uh, Brett Beach and he reached out to Scott Fitterer at the Panthers and basically said, Hey, I want new deals for Tyreek Hill and DJ Moore. It's only fair. Uh, the chiefs and, you know, Hill Rosenhaus, that team, they weren't able to meet at a number that both sides agreed on. And, uh, Rosenhaus brought up the idea of seeking out a trade and chiefs basically said, Hey, like, what do you think that you can get for him? And Rosenhaus like, I think I can get a lot. So they said, yeah, go ahead. He reached out to all 32 teams. Um, you know, all 32 teams more or less showed interest. And then once he named the kind of the dollar amount, cause he wasn't allowed to really uh, negotiate a contract until trade terms were agreed on. So once he made it known what kind of money they'd be looking for. That number went from 32 or 31 to uh, 12. Uh, and then from there, the Jets and the Dolphins were the only ones to really uh, meet compensation demands for both Hill and the Chiefs. So uh, actually on, uh, I believe it was Tuesday, uh, sometime Tuesday, the Chiefs and Jets agreed to a trade. Like they agreed to terms. And once that happened, Rosenhaus reached out to the other teams interested, uh, including, <clears throat> excuse me, including the Dolphins, and told them, hey, we got a deal. Just wanted to let you know. Like, time's clock's ticking. We're just waiting on the okay from Tyreek. In that time, the Dolphins came back with a better offer. The Chiefs also accepted it. Drew took that offer to Tyreek. Uh, he said, absolutely. I mean, it wasn't right. even... I think he was ready to return to the Chiefs rather than play for the Jets, to be honest. But uh, it was never really, while it was quote-unquote down to the Jets and Dolphins, uh, the Jets were never seriously in the race once the Dolphins came back with an offer KC like. So, uh, yeah, basically, it, once, you know, once the Jets trade was 
the terms were accepted, this thing basically happened overnight. Um, and uh, everything, the details were hammered out on uh, on Wednesday. And he was introduced Thursday, man. It was just a hell of a week here. No doubt about that. I mean, it's been kind of a hell of a month, frankly, for the NFL. I mean, the movement in the AFC alone, Marcel, has been... The it just seems like from a competitive advantage standpoint, the AFC is just at the top. I, I think the parity in the NFL, like that, there's going to be some conversations around that this year. I think I think that's going to ramp up because I think it's truly a haves and have-nots. And I I wonder if the Dolphins looked at that and said like, this is our opportunity to get in with the haves. And at the end of the day, though, Marcel, all of the quote haves in the AFC all have franchise legitimate, you know, top 10 quarterbacks. And, you know, I think from the outside looking in, it felt like, you know, from the Dolphins' perspective, this is the kind of move that you make when you're a piece like Tyreek Hill away from a Super Bowl. And and I'm probably still not convinced that Tyreek Hill makes him a Super Bowl contender, but I, I when I look around the rest of the AFC at these contenders, and I think I'm going to put Miami in that group of contenders, um, maybe not Super Bowl contenders, but a, a team that should be absolutely fighting um, for a playoff spot and, and, and frankly should be fighting the Bills for an AFC East title. Everyone else has the quarterback, and I think there's still a lot of questions about Tua. So if, if, you're, the, if you're the Dolphins here, I think a lot of people have framed this as this is it for Tua. There's no more excuses left. You know, if he can't do it with this group, he'll never do it. And is that sort of the, the sentiment that you feel as well? And this is sort of like the last hurrah for Tua. If he can't succeed this year, um, then it's probably never happening. Yeah, and I, I think that that entire storyline is starting to annoy Dolphins fans. But, like, it, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, this is – they just went all in on him. And even Tyree Kill came out and said, yeah, it's clear they're they're trying to put – the best pieces around their quarterback as possible because quarterback's the most important position. So, uh, yeah, it, it is at a point where you two is going to have to, you, no matter what you think, I'll put it this way, no matter what you think of Tua entering the year, by the time it's over, everybody should more or less be on the same page, uh, whether he is, that makes sense. He, he's it or whether he's not. And, you know, that's the stance that I'm, I'm trying to keep because if he went into next year with the same staff, with the same ish, uh, you know, maybe or even like a mildly improved uh, supporting staff, supporting cast. I, I would have been. I was leaning towards being out on Tua. Uh, I was very ready to be out on, on Tua after last year. Not because he's, you know, not necessarily. He's not a bad quarterback. I don't think he's a. I, I think he, you know, maybe catches a little more hate than he deserves. He's not a bad quarterback. It's just it's not special. What he does, nothing really pops to you, mm. and so. You know, it might be a scenario where he's just not the kind of guy that is going to, you know, take a team from one level to the next by himself. Maybe he does need supporting cast around him. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing totally wrong with that. Uh, and I guess we'll see either way. By the way, everyone needs good supporting cast, Marcel. Like this yeah, isn't right. this isn't exclusive to Tua. Like you, you look at some of the wide, uh, some of the quarterbacks in the NFL, and, and some of the best ones have some of the best weapons. I mean, I think there's fair questions to ask about what Green Bay is going to be able to do and how good they'll be without Devontae Adams, a guy that you know, frankly, 
I, you know, his had it was probably the best receiver in football all around. And Tyreek Hill's very close. Um, I think it's probably just a matter of of opinion on on which guy you'll like better. But like, I think it's fair to say that you could expect Aaron Rodgers to take a step back without Devontae Adams. So I I I, I get it. But like, I, I guess for me, I, I've never quite understood. Like, well, you know, a guy like Tua is gonna you just have to surround him with elite level talent. Like, FYI, you kind of have to do that for everybody. Yeah, you know, there's there's only a couple quarterbacks who I think are going to get by without elite talent around them. Uh, that's, I mean, you got one of them in Buffalo. Um, I think Josh Allen at this stage, uh, even if, if Diggs were to not play a game, uh, I think he can get by with, you know, with Gabe Davis as his number one receiver. We saw him, you know, even before he was this tight, we, we saw him, you know, kind of move the chains. We saw him, you know, sort of operate with a meandering supporting cast with John Brown and Cole Beasley. That's not exactly a world beating, you know, group of receivers, but I think at this stage in his career, Josh Allen could probably get by, uh, you know, with, without elite talent around him. And cause he, I mean, this is going to make some people flinch, but he doesn't really have elite talent around him. He's got one good receiver around him. Gabe Davis can pop off every now and then, but I think consistency and, and usage has been kind of the question mark for him moving forward and then after that it's it's uh, Devin Singletary, Dawson Knox, Jamison Crowder. Like this isn't like uh you know, it, this isn't exactly the best group of wide receivers in the league, all all due respect. But uh either way, I'm getting sidetracked. There's there's not a lot of quarterbacks, like you said, that that can overcome discrepancies by themselves. Uh Mahomes, Allen, uh I think the idea is that Rogers is one of them, but like you said, we'll see if he can do that without Devontae Adams. Uh so it's no disrespect to to Tua to have to do that. But I like what you said earlier about the arms race in, in the AFC. Uh, I just posed the question maybe three, four days before they signed Teron Armstead saying, look, man, Edmonds is cool. Mostert is cool. Uh, Cedric Wilson, that's a cool – these are good additions. Connor Williams, you know, these are these are good additions, man. Like, I'm, I'm not hating on any of these moves. But when the Chargers are getting Cleo Mack yeah, and Jason yeah. Jackson – and the Raiders are getting Devontae Adams, and the Broncos are getting Russell Wilson, and the Browns are getting Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper. It's like, uh, this isn't, uh, this doesn't stack up, man. <laughs> like, that's not, this isn't enough. It's like that. It's like Friday when, when Smokey's mom gives him a dollar and tells him to go buy cigarettes. You go, this isn't enough. <laughs> like, you got to do something else. And, and, you know, Armstead, again, great move. Love that move. You have to do it if you're the Dolphins. I still didn't think it necessarily pushed them over the top. You know, I don't. I didn't yeah. think it, it brought them any any closer to. And, and I tried to argue with people that you know on the internet, which is a losing battle. Yes, it zone, is. Right? Yes, it is. But uh, it was like this. This offense, the playmakers were still bad. Like you still need something else. And then with Tyreek Hill, they were, I, I'm sold on the Dolphins offseason. Like at this point, the only variable is, is the quarterback. Yeah. You can't really question – you can't question the pieces around him. Like, you and I had this conversation yesterday. Like, I, I think if you're the Bills, if, if you had the opportunity, you know, Roger Dell gave you a golden goose and said, you get to keep Josh Allen, but you could pick which skill players, which set of skill players you want around him. Do you want the the Bills current or the Dolphins current? I, I think you would take the Dolphins. Yeah. Like, I think you would take the Dolphins. This with Josh Allen, that's a Super Bowl team. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. So – you know, they, I, I love the pieces that they put around Tua. We just need to see it from Tua before I'm willing to say, like, all right, like the Dolphins are a legit Super Bowl-containing team. I think right now they're a playoff contender. And, you know, there's 
there's nuance here, man. Like there's yeah. a difference between layers a contender yep. and a playoff contender. I think they're, they're a playoff contender and you're kind of, you're just being kind of a hater. If, if you, you try to argue against it, like they were one game out last year with a poo poo offense and basically the same defense. So I, I think that they can at least contend for a playoff spot. So uh, ESPN's Marcel Louis-Jacques on the Western hotline. I, I want to ask you the Chiefs' perspective of this whole thing. And, um, you know, I had on my podcast yesterday Matt Verderam of Fansided, who's a Chiefs fan and, and does some Chiefs podcasts as well. And, you know, his take on this is, you know, there, there's no doubt that the Chiefs are a worse team today than they were, you know, 72 hours ago, whenever that trade happened. But overall, that this is a team that, will likely be forced to evolve offensively, and maybe that's a good thing. Um, where, where do you stand on life after Tyreek Hill, what it looks like? And, you know, his sort of stance on this was he doesn't agree with the trade, but he understands that a 28-year-old who is so reliant on his quickness and speed, um, you know, how long can you actually expect him to play at that same quick twitch level that he's been over the last couple of years you know, as he gets into his 30s. I think that's a fair question to ask, and at $30 million a year, it's a question you have to ask. So I, I think overall, I, I, if you're a fan of the Chiefs, you're probably going to do a lot to justify, eh, you know, Tyreek Hill or maybe minimize the, the potential role or, or you know, how, how big of a role Hill played in, in all of their success over the last half decade. But, Marcel, I kind of get to a place where I, I can't really get to a place that says, like, yeah, the Chiefs are going to be fine and they'll be good without Tyreek Hill with, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who, let me tell you, I mean, he's a fine player, but Aaron Rodgers didn't do much with him, by the way. Yeah, uh you don't you don't lose Tyreek Hill and become a better team. You know, not you don't lose Tyreek Hill in his prime and become a better team. Uh, that's uh, that's 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 pretty apparent. But um, you do still have that guy wearing number fifteen. Uh, I think as long as he's under center or he's he's got a Chiefs jersey on, you got a chance in any game you play. Um, but I think what they saw is okay. This is a strong receiver class. We've seen the success of wide receivers early in their careers over the past, we'll call it two, three seasons. Maybe we can tap into that. We haven't really tried, but now maybe it's time to start seriously, you know, seriously getting in on that market. Um, but the, the, what what does kind of baffle me, like, yeah, okay, the money, the money is is, is makes you flinch for a twenty eight year old, but uh, man, winning a Super Bowl trumps financial security, future financial security. Every winning day of Super the week. Bowls, winning Super Bowls is the only thing that matters. This is why I argued so hard last year, as I'm sure many people remember, because I still get reminded about it online. This is why I was arguing for Travis Etienne last year. I, don't, I, I understand the bad value of taking a running back in the first round, but I also understand adding as much talent to your roster as possible in your Super Bowl window. Like, so, like, I don't, you know, that's what I, where I don't really understand. You've proven, they've proven that this team, you know, their floor looks like the AFC championship game. That's what, three in a row, four yep. in a row that they made? Yep. Like, their floor is the AFC championship game. Why are you, why, why mess with that is what I don't, under, what I don't really understand. Sign him now, make him happy now. Right. Win your Super Bowl, you, you get another ring or two, I guarantee you nobody's going to cry about paying Tyreek Hill. Thirty million dollars at age thirty-two, 
too. I'll tell you this, though, Marcel. Like, oh, dude, care. that defense right now, though, I mean, it's not good. I mean, they don't have NFL talent at the cornerback position. They, frankly, outside of, you know, Justin Reed, don't have a lot. I like Juan Thornhill. They lose Daniel Sorensen, and that's probably a, a net positive for them. But, like, you know, Thornhill, ever since the injury that he sustained his rookie year, he has not really been that same player. And, like, you look at that defense outside of Frank Clark – and Chris Jones, I mean, there's not much pieces. There's just not many pieces on the defense. So I think if you're if you're a Chiefs fan, part of your justification of why the move makes sense is because you don't want to pay him but thirty million dollars a year when you're paying a quarterback forty six million dollars a year. And then you, you you've also got Travis Kelsey and you've got Joe Tooney making twenty six. They I think broke the cardinal rule in the NFL, Marcel, which is you never pay multiple guys twenty plus million dollars a year on the salary cap. And you look at that salary cap, and it's still kind of I mean, they're going to have a tough time. I, and I know, listen, they, they built in all of these, these trap doors in the Patrick Mahomes contract. They have not used it yet, and I'm not necessarily surprised at that, but I think a lot of people assume just every year that that contract was going to get restructured. And them not doing that now and letting him walk, it felt like that's why you build those trap doors in, so that you could keep a guy like Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head here, and... It, it, it's just it's a blessing and a curse, man. Having all that, having all this talent, and this is why it's so important to maximize your uh, maximize your roster while your quarterback's on a while your quarterback is on a rookie deal, because uh, it, it gets a lot more complicated after that. But uh, yeah, the defense is struggling. Uh, you know, they they lose to Ray Matthew, but I think they did add. Uh, they, I think they did add Justin Reed, which you know it's under the radar, but I love that move. Um, you know they're they're in a position where I, they got a couple first round picks. I think they got back to back picks at the end of the first round. You know they're going to have to address receiver and corner relatively early on. Yeah. So it, it's uh, you know they got to start drafting well. This is where guys in the front office are going to have to start making their money or earning their money uh, because it's you, this is why it's so hard to you know it's hard to build through free agency. Like it, it, it's the ideal way to build a team is draft and develop. We've heard. You know, we've heard Brandon Bean say this basically every time he gets yep. on the microphone. So uh, there, there's he's not just blowing smoke, but uh, yeah, the Chiefs' job just got it got a lot harder. Their their way out of the AFC got a lot tougher. Um, you know, I understand if Rosenhaus and Hill were just, were playing hardball because uh, it, it does kind of sound like they they strong armed their way out. Respectfully, I don't think there's any bad blood. No, I agree. The two sides because the Chiefs did not have to trade him. Uh, and he, it's not like he demanded a trade either, you know? No, they reason Rosenhaus just said, look, man, can you see what I can? I just at least test the market and see what I can get and see what I can find. Uh, but again, the chiefs did not have to, did not have to or you know, allow him to do that. They did not have to let him do it. I mean, restriction free. Drew said he, he reached out to every single team. They didn't say, don't trade him to the AFC. Don't trade him to the AFC right. West. Don't right. do this and that. That's that's my understanding of what you know the the bills were at where the bills were at with Cole Beasley was all right no AFC East no AFC period and that's what made uh, you know actually completing that trade a little more difficult but uh, I just I just really don't I don't get I, I I understand the financial limitations I just don't get actively making yourself worse while the rest of the AFC is getting better I don't know if this is just like if that's just the utmost confidence there in in Patrick Mahomes, uh, utmost confidence in your scouting department to, you know, find you enough pieces to get right back to 
to being one of the conference elite teams. I, I just don't – I can't definitively call the Chiefs the AFC favorite at all. Like, I, I can't say they're better than the Bills right now. I mean, shoot, man, Tyreek Hill – without Tyreek Hill on, on, their, on the roster, I, I would say the Bills win two or three of their last four games yeah. against, the, against Kansas City. Because, I mean, half their – that first game in uh, – the first game in, in Buffalo, that Monday night football game, uh, the the whole defensive mentality, the whole scheme was stopping Tyreek Hill. Like, so let's make them run the ball so that they don't throw it to Tyreek Hill. And, like, he tore them up the second time. Third game, I mean, the Bills just waxed them. And we all know what happened in the playoffs last right. year. So, like, without Tyreek Hill, this is a completely different matchup. And, and there's no way that Marquez valdez Gantling, like you said, and there's no way any of these yeah. rookies, respectfully, no way any of these rookies are, are commanding that kind of defensive attention from 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 the Bills whenever, if and when, they do match up with Kansas City. No doubt, man. Well, I appreciate you as always, my friend. Enjoy the warm weather. Uh, Leanna and I will be down there in two weeks in Orlando. Not 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 quite south enough for a fried chicken uh, sandwich meetup, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I appreciate you, bud. Thanks for, thanks for making time for me. Enjoy your weekend and uh, maybe probably the owners' meetings too next week. So we, uh, we appreciate you, boss. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you having me on, man. Good talking to you. You as well, my friend. Marcel Louis-Jacques of ESPN there on the Western Hotline. I'm going to take a timeout because Chris Peters joined the morning show yesterday. We're going to replay that back for you here coming up next here on WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 pre- Precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, welcome back to our final two segments here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. We're going to go to Chris Peters, who was on earlier, uh, it was yesterday, on the morning show with Howard and Jeremy. All right, let's get to our Western Hotline. 
Uh, Chris Peters joining us right now, draft and prospect analyst, Daily Faceoff, and Hockey Sense. Busy dude today. He's watching lots of college hockey. And if you do that, you'll see lots of Sabres prospects today. And that's why Chris is joining us right now. Chris, good morning. It's Howard and Jeremy. Thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, good morning, guys. Great to be with you. Let's start with Michigan. So they play at 3 o'clock, and I think every every Sabres fan, while they might not know about some of the other guys we get to with you, Chris, they all are aware of Owen Power. So let's start with him. How has his season at Michigan played out? Well, he's, he's been very good. I mean, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily been an earth-shattering season, but you also have to remember that, that he's had these kind of disruptions to his season throughout the year where he went to the World Juniors that was eventually canceled. He went to the the Olympics, which you know was not that that was that was a good experience for all the guys that went there. But you know it does kind of make it difficult to get back into the swing of things. You've made you know two trips away from your team for extended periods of time, and you know you, you kind of go up and down. I think at the beginning of the season he was outright dominant, and I think kind of towards the end of the season as he's gotten back with his team and played more consistently, we're starting to see that dominance once again. Mm-hmm. I, I was at the uh, Big Ten Championship game in Minneapolis uh, last week, and I thought that was one of the best games that I'd seen him play that year. And, you know, he didn't necessarily have an impact on the score sheet, but he was, you know, dominant in possession, winning a lot of battles, skating pucks out of traffic, doing a lot of the things that we've come to expect from him. So, you know, I think if you look at his numbers, if you look at kind of his overall, the way that the team has performed and everything else, you might say, well, you know, it was it was a pretty good season. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a, a dominant season, but I think overall, you know, he the the goal for him and the goal for the Sabers is to continue progressing, and I think that we did see that this year. What uh, you know, when he stepped onto the international stage with the juniors in the Olympics, how do you think he fared there? Well, at the at the World Juniors, he was really good. I, I thought he was excellent there. Um, you know, we only get a couple of games to see him, but you know, he had had a hat trick and you know has was really. Um, making things happen offensively and, you know, just have the puck a whole bunch. At the Olympics, I thought he was okay. I, I, I didn't – I thought he was a better, much better at last year's World Championship, um, similar level of competition at the Olympics. Uh, I don't think Canada as a whole had a, had a real strong team. They, you know, they, they end up getting bounced, same as the U.S., in the quarterfinals. Um, but, you know, he was their top-minute guy. It just wasn't like at the World Championship where maybe the expectations were lower – for what he would eventually be able to accomplish there. But then, he, you know, he became the number one defenseman on the team that also included NHL players. So um, I, I think overall the Olympics was fine, um, but that wasn't necessarily the strongest tournament for Canada as a whole. Now, um, goalies, let me talk. Uh, we'll actually cross over and bring up Northeastern here before we get to Minnesota because there are two goalies playing today who are Sabres prospects. They both had good seasons, and we know – Ukapakalukan, and we expect will be here next season. So, what do we need to know? Let's start with Eric Portillo, how he has done, and can you project him out like as a guy who would be what I assume in the AHL next season? You know, I, I think Portillo probably should go back to school next year. Um, to be to be completely honest mm-hmm. with you, I don't know if he will, um, but I, I do think that this has only been his first full season as a college goaltender. Uh, goalies take longer. There's really not a sense in rushing them, especially when they're playing in a situation where, you know, he's going to play every single game. Um, there's really no competition for him to, to you know, lose his spot or be not be the starter anymore. So mm-hmm. that, you know, if the Sabres do end up signing him, which is certainly a possibility, you know, that changes the dynamic a bit for for Michigan in there in that. But I, I do think that, you know, this was really only his first full season as a starter. You know, he had a great year in the USHL the year before he got to college. 
Last year he was behind Strauss Mann. This year, uh, you know, Strauss Mann ended up moving on. Portillo gets the starting role, and he's been very good. You know, I think he, he hasn't uh, – Michigan isn't always the best defensive team just because they have so much offensive talent and sometimes they can get lost defensively a little bit. So he's had to make some plays and he plays the pucks very well. He's, he's big. He's got, you know, pretty good technique, good athleticism. Overall, I think he did very well this season. Uh, but I don't think there's really any sense, especially, you know, because of Uka Pekalukin and because of some of the other players in the system you know, does it make sense to bring him into the to the AHL right now? Um, you know, I think if you don't want to put a prospect somewhere because you need them, you want them to because that's the right next step for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think you could go either way for him. Okay, so having said that about Portillo, because we're sitting here looking at that, him and Levi, uh, we'll get to Evan Levi at Northeastern thinking, okay, what are you going to do with all, you know, all these three prospects? Where is everybody going to go? So what about Devin Levi and where would you project him next season? Yeah, he's a little bit different in that, you know, he's he's basically been, uh, you know, had one of the best seasons by a goalie in NCAA in the last 20 years. Um, and so that's, that's a whole different dynamic. Mm-hmm. And Northeastern got into the national tournament just by the skin of their teeth. Uh, they needed a, a couple of results to go their way to make sure that they got in, uh, but they did. They won the Hockey East regular season championship, and Devin Levi had a save percentage or has a save percentage north of 950. Um, and so, you know, the last time we saw that, it was Ryan Miller who did that. So, uh, you know, as, as a primary starter for his team, uh, Jimmy Howard also had a, a 950-plus save percentage, but he was in a platoon role that year. So, you know, seeing Devin Levi doing what he's done, Northeastern isn't necessarily a team that, that, that really stout, is, is stout defensively, so he's had to be very good. You know, 10 shutouts this year, um, just a really overall, you know, sharp performance and then you combine that with what he did at the world juniors last season one of the greatest performances by a canadian goaltender in terms of the numbers Mm -hmm. in the history of the tournament there i mean it's remarkable to watch where from where he started in you know junior a hockey in canada to playing in the world juniors you know he got injured there and didn't play the rest of last season so that was we didn't know what to expect this year he comes in and he's one of the most dominant goalies in a, in a Hobie top 10 final. More from the daily face-offs, Chris Peters, when we return, you're listening to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, everybody, our final segment here. We're going to bring you back and finish off that interview from yesterday morning from Howard and Jeremy with Daily Faceoffs, Chris Peters. Well, with Chris Peters, the other team to watch today with Sabres prospects is Minnesota. Now, you mentioned you were at the Big Ten Championship, so you would have seen Michigan play Minnesota. Ryan Johnson, who I kind of forgot, 
came in with a pick that came in the Ryan O'Reilly trade. But Ryan Johnson, <laughs> yeah. let's start there, and then we'll go to Aaron Huglin. What is Powers here next season? We're confident of that. What about Ryan Johnson's future? Yeah, you know, he's he's an interesting one because I think, you know, he's probably – he could probably take that next step. He could probably be in the pros, but I don't think he's NHL ready. It would be a situation where he'd have to go to Rochester for a while. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing about Ryan Johnson is, you know, all the tools, the athleticism, the skating ability, the physicality, um, they're all real sharp. It's, the thing that we haven't seen progress to a, to, a, to a high enough degree, you know, that you normally would see from a first overall or first-round draft pick, is, you know, that offensive game, that puck-moving ability. You know, this year his numbers were up. You know, if he had 18 points this season. But it's never going to be something that a, a, is a high point of his game. He's, he's a very good defender. He's an excellent skater and, and a tremendous overall athlete and just, you know, a guy that has you know, can play big minutes. He's got a good brain for the defensive side of the game. Uh, but, you know, I don't think his offensive game has progressed to that degree that, you know, you kind of hope it would for that guy and and the modern defenseman really does need to be able to move pucks and and he you know he makes a good first pass he can get pucks up the ice he can skate pucks out of trouble he can do all the things that you need to do um you know aside from really being a, a point producer but but he's an interesting player and, and and a guy that will play a ton of minutes for minnesota throughout this tournament um you know he, he was he was fine in that championship game i've seen him live in other other instances this season um, and, you know, I think he's probably ready to take that next step. Whether or not he does is kind of up to both sides at this point. Um, but but I think that, you know, he's probably going to be at least in the AHL. And then the last guy is Aaron Huglin. Uh, I, what do we need to do about him? I'm not as up on him as the other guys we've covered. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he's a great story because he, he got injured um, and missed an entire season, and we weren't sure if he was ever really going to be able to play again. Um, there was some doubt about, uh, this back injury that he had and, and whether or not it would prevent him from playing. And he, he ends up, you know, coming back and played in the USHL last season. You know, he would have been in college much sooner had, had he not suffered this injury. Um, but he comes back. He was excellent in the USHL last season. And this year he's kind of in like a third, fourth line role. Um, however, he's incredibly skilled. I mean, you watch him play. He jumps off the page at you just because of his hands, his ability to get inside. He's not a big guy, but he, he does get to the interior well. He's not afraid to, to go to the hard areas of the ice, and his hands are dynamic. So, you know, I think that he's a guy, he's an old freshman, right? He's 21 years old already, um, and he's only a freshman in college. He's still a guy where you, you want him to continue to progress off of that injury, um, become a dominant player. Next year, he's going to have an opportunity to play a much larger role for Minnesota because a lot of guys are moving on after this season, either to pros or graduation. Um, so, I think that he'll just be a guy that you continue to monitor, but really a highly skilled player with good upside. It's just a matter of, you know, he kind of had to start over a little bit and, and restart his kind of timeline a little bit. So that's where you just say, okay, well, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, that's a guy that I think is showing a lot of promise in his first collegiate season. Chris, final thing for you. There are some prospects in Europe who the Sabres are pretty high on, Sweden, Russia. Could Can you give me some of the guys we should be – following tracking or maybe even be excited about yeah i mean there, there's they definitely you know the, the 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 interesting thing i'll say is that you know there are several guys in russia and that is now a a, a, a complicated dynamic for nhl teams you know i think about prohor poltopov who's been one of my favorite prospects to watch over the last couple of years um alexander kisikov who uh, is, a, is a dynamic goal scorer. I mean, those are two guys that, that are worth knowing about, but we just don't know exactly what's going to happen 
with how Russia and, yeah. and everything is going there with the NHL. But there's also some really good Swedes. Albert Likasen um, is, is a solid defenseman. He's played professionally in Europe, in Sweden this year. I think he's taken a big step. So we're starting to see him progress more. And Philip Setterquist is, you know, he, he had a great season in the Alspenskin last year. He moved up to the SHL this year and continued to produce. He's a big body. He's probably coming over soon. You know, that's a guy where it's like, wow, he really popped in these last two seasons. So maybe there's something there. You know, are they elite guys? Are they going to be guys that help right away? Probably not, but there's some guys that have definitely taken a step. And that that's reason to be excited because those are guys that, you know, it, it, you find them a little bit later in the draft, and then all of a sudden they, they kind of round out and they, they give you something to be uh, to, to look at. And I think, you know, the, the, the way that Buffalo is set up with Rochester right now, I think it's really solid where, you know, the Americans are playing really well and they've got a lot of uh, talent there. So there's truly a pipeline now, which I don't necessarily know was strong enough in the last couple of years, but, but it seems to be strengthening now. Chris, get a plug-in for your work with Hockey Sense before we let you go. Yeah, de- definitely. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, Independence, uh, my, my, my own site is, is HockeySense, HockeySense.substack.com. Um, that's where a lot of college and, and NHL drafts and, and stuff like that is, is found. And then also on DailyFaceOff.com, I've got a lot uh, right there a couple of times a week and lots of prospect stuff. So, yeah, thanks, thanks a lot, guys. It's always great to be with you. And you can follow Chris on Twitter. He does a, he's been analyzing prospects for years. He's a, definitely a follow for NHL prospects. Thank you for the time, Chris. Appreciate you coming on the show today. All right, that's going to do it here for Sports Talk Saturday. Thanks to my two guests. A nice condensed short Sports Talk Saturday today. J.J. Stankovitz of Colts.com and Marcel Louis-Jacques of ESPN. He covers the Miami Dolphins, obviously. And for me, Nate Geary, Zach Jones, we appreciate you listening. Uh, enjoy college basketball tonight, some, some Elite Eight action. And uh, we'll be back uh, first thing on Monday morning. Joe. DiBiase is in for Howard, who is uh, taking a nice leave of absence to get his jacked-up shoulder fixed. So we'll uh, wish Howard well, and have a great weekend, everybody, here from WGR on uh, on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 